I'm Katie J. And I'm Katie H. Welcome to the Katie's. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Katie's podcast. Good morning. And, you know, we do have our morning voices on a little bit today. We do. But also, just disclaimer, we have both been battling the flu thing that's going around everywhere, and we're both better. But if we sound a little bit off today, <laughs> we're in different stages of recovery from yes. no voice at all. So exactly. bear with us. Yes. <laughs> but we are so happy to be talking yes. to you again. We hope your holiday was great. We've missed talking to you guys. We have. It's weird to take a, a week off. Yeah. Yeah. We were like, you know what? It's Thanksgiving week and our lives are crazy right now. Yes. So let's yeah. take a pause. And we took turns being bedridden. So. Yes. <laughs> it was a nice, it was a welcome break. Oh yeah. But uh, that being said, how was your Thanksgiving? It was actually so lovely. We had one day with my family, one day with Will's family, and they were both small and lovely. And Owen was, our son was just having the best time and eating all the food and running around. And he just turned one this week as well. So it was just, it was a great week overall. So we had a good time. So, so fun. How about you? It was good. It was good. We spent actual like day of Thanksgiving with some family friends. It was really fun. Yeah, you guys do that every year, don't you? Um, Every year we do like a Friendsgiving okay. with my parents, like friends from That's what I was thinking group. of. Um, but this one is a little bit different. And then the day after Thanksgiving, we spent like with my family, my dad's side of the family. So it was good. Lots of Thanksgiving food and the good stuff. Um, so, yeah. That was our week. We want to hear all about how your Thanksgiving was. So, as always, shoot us an email. <laughs> <laughs> At risk of sounding tested. Uh, yes. Um, but we do want to jump in to the contents of today's episode. Take it away, Katie. <laughs> yeah, we are. This actually marks our halfway point in the series on the fruit of the spirit. So today we're going to be talking about kindness. And it's interesting. I was thinking about this as I was working on this episode and kind of it's come up in all of the all the past ones, but all of these these fruits are so deeply interconnected and intertwined that it's it's almost difficult to isolate them mm -hmm. because they they're like dependent on each other. And I was actually in preparing for this, I was reading an article that was talking about it was actually a commentary on Galatians five, but talking about how the use of the word fruit, like the fruit in the singular of the spirit and enlisting all these things together is, you know, indicative of exactly that, that they are all completely interconnected and that when the spirit is working in our lives, it's not just, you know, we're not just more loving, we're not just more patient. Like all of these things in harmony are produced by the spirit in mm, us when we're walking yeah. in it. And so I just thought that was a cool little side note there. But yeah, we're going to try to focus on kindness today and kind of break down what is biblical kindness. And kindness is Another one that I think is a little bit misunderstood or maybe depending on where you come from or what your temperament is or whatever, like maybe kindness is weakness, maybe kindness is inconvenient, uh, maybe kindness and niceness are mixed yeah. up together. I was about to say maybe it's insincere. It feels... Exactly. Yeah. And that's a big part of what I want to talk about today. But uh, in what way is kindness a fruit of the spirit? And what I kind of narrowed it down to through my reading for this episode was that it's a transformation of your temperament and it's a transformation in how we view, value, and respond to other people. 
So it's not just the behavior of kindness. It's not just the attitude of kindness. It's an overall transformation in how we view and how we behave towards others. So it's really kind of easily simplified as just overflowing graciousness Mm. towards other people. And uh, the Greek word, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it for kindness here in this specific passage, because there's actually several different words for kindness used in the Bible. There's hesed in the Hebrew, which is like the loving kindness of God. And then there's a couple different words for kindness that are translated different ways in the New Testament. But this one specifically is benignity, tender concern, uprightness, or usefulness, depending Mm. on the context. And so all of those, we're going to get to all of those things yeah. because they're all... <laughs> I'm like thinking as you're reading, I'm like, wow, that, yeah. those are good. That's- I'll list it again. So it's benignity, tender concern, uprightness, and usefulness. Mm. And so, you know, there's a lot there to unpack, but true kindness is kindness of heart as well as kindness of action. So it's not just the tender concern. It's also usefulness, mm. right? Um we can all point, I think, kind of like you were mentioning, to examples of kindness in quotation marks, right? Uh, acted out from a heart that is actually unkind, right? Yeah. We know people that do good because they're supposed to, but, you know, they have contempt in their heart or whatever. Yeah. I was actually trying to think of an example of this as I was writing, and the only stupid example I could think of is in Harry Potter. It's the Dursleys, right? I've never seen Harry Potter. Well, <laughs> you wouldn't know, but if you know Aunt Petunia, right, she takes in Harry when he's a baby because it's the right thing to do. But she and her husband, they have so much contempt and hatred towards Harry. Like, and they hold it over him all the time. Like, look what we've done for you. Look like we've provided everything you need. And they've like basically been abusing him his entire life. Um, stupid example, but right where it would, they think they're being kind because they're doing what they're supposed to do and they're being helpful. Mm -hmm. Right. But there's no kindness in their heart towards Harry, which, you know, sorry, nerdy, stupid example, but (laughs) no, but it it was the first one that I could think of. Yeah. On the other end of the spectrum, it is also unkind or actually impossible to have concern for someone in your heart and not act with kindness towards them. Mm. Like if you say, oh, like I love them, you know, oh gosh, that's so sad. I hope they're doing okay. You're not acting or reaching out or putting in any effort, right? Yeah. It's It's it's, useless. Yeah, it's useless. (laughs) It's meaningless. And another distinction that I think is important to make is that being nice isn't always being kind. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a trap that we really easily fall into as Christians. It's it's the classic, like, you know, how you doing? Praise the Lord. Like in church on Sundays and no actual love or kindness towards other people or concern or involvement in their lives or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like the, it's like the good feelings without like, with all the impotence, you right. know what I mean? It's like, okay, I want to feel good and I want you to feel good, but I don't want there to be any actual action taken from this. Sacrifice or, on my part. Yeah, or any change that has to come about. Or real <laughs> intimacy between us right. or whatever that is. And exactly. I, I think that this end of the spectrum here of like niceness, I think there's a lot of pride involved, right? Oh, yeah. Where it's like you feel like you're doing the right thing. Yeah. And, you know, you you can comfort yourself with, you know, oh, like, oh, gosh, bless their heart. Yeah. Like whatever, that you're you're such a nice person, right? But it's you're deceiving yourself. You're fooling yourself. There's no right. there's no love or kindness in your heart. And, you know, if you're honest about that, great. But you might be just deceived that you're not actually as kind as you think you are. Right. There's no depth to anything. It's right. just when I've been yeah. convicted of this so many times where it's like I, you know, think that my intentions are good towards someone and then it comes actually down to sacrificing for them or, mm-hmm. you know, doing something on their behalf or inconveniencing myself. I'm like, oh, 
Yeah. This is hard, you know? Yeah. You know? And it, and I mean, it can be hard and you still do it and it's obedience. Yeah. But if it's a continual pattern of behavior in your life, yes. maybe this is something you need to dive into a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. So I think to understand the kindness produced by the spirit in the lives of believers, we need to understand first the Lord's kindness. And I think this is very fundamental, but we as Christians show kindness by treating others as God has treated us. So God wants us to be kind essentially because he wants us to be like him, Mm -hmm. right? Love because he first loved us. The Bible is chock full of examples of God's kindness. And like I said, has said in the Hebrew, the loving kindness of God, the Old Testament and the wisdom works and like all of, you know, throughout the Old Testament and in prophecy, the loving kindness, the goodness of God, even when some some words that are translated as God is like good mm-hmm. or actually God is kind, that God is his intentions for his people and his actions towards them are upright and tender and good. And, you know, it, it is so inseparable from God's character. Like his kindness is, is him, you know? Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that he's passive or weak or, you know, a doormat and can just be stepped all over and tolerates evil and whatever, but truly at the heart of his, his thoughts and his, his behavior towards his people and towards the world has been kind Mm -hmm. and patient and loving. And I just don't think we can ignore that fact. No, Yeah, absolutely not. I don't think we can ignore it either because, I mean, like you're saying, it is, it's more than intertwined with God. It is God. Like God is kindness. Mm -hmm. And with each of these fruits of the spirit, like God is those things at the very core. Right. He's not asking us to be something he's not. He's not producing something in us that he isn't or doesn't already possess perfectly. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And he, like you're saying, we see examples of his kindness all throughout the Bible, uh, but we see them in some unorthodox ways and ways that we probably wouldn't call kindness now like we're kind of like oh that's interesting that you would do that um but it shows that god god possesses it in the purest form and that kindness is his heart when we're pursuing his heart we are pursuing kindness yes and i think this actually goes back into what we were saying about being nice isn't always being kind right Mm -hmm. that sometimes we look at god and we're like I don't, I'm uncomfortable with the fact that you did that, right? I'm uncomfortable with the fact that you did this in response to this, you know, Mm -hmm. nation's wickedness or whatever that is, right? Like that seems really harsh, God. But ultimately, um, we can look back at all of those examples and see his kindness. And this is, you know, we can't take the time to go through and like do this and we don't have to defend God. But to, to like really read scripture and understand God as he intended is to see his kindness even in his justice like mm-hmm. even in his righteousness his and wrath. his his wrath like mm-hmm. and he is he is quick to forgive he is overflowing with mercy and loving kindness right that he is slow to anger yeah. that that those the wrath and the anger of god are not the first thing right mm-hmm. they're not they aren't like what he leads with yeah. in his relation to his creation right like mm-hmm. he he leads with and has always intended kindness towards his creation. And ultimately through Jesus and through redemption and all that stuff, like he's going to win with love in the end, right? That his His kindness and his mercy is the victory yeah. in the end. But there's some uncomfortable stuff along the way and we can't just ignore that. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the, there's actually this specific 
he, uh, Greek word, which we can actually put in the show notes and we can put the definition in the, you know, lexicon or whatever, because I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce <laughs> it. <laughs> but it's only used a few times in the New Testament. And I only selected a couple verses where this same word is used, but one is in Titus 3. And we're going to start in verse 3 and go through verse 7, because I think context is important here. So at one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We had lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that, having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. So this wrapped up in a pretty bow, this is the kindness of God. This is His mercy through, you know, His intention toward us, but also His action through sending His Son through the work of Jesus in saving us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I... I like the the verbiage used in verse 3 when it says oh in verse 4 mm-hmm. when it says but then the kindness and love of our of God <laughs> our savior appeared and it's something that like can just show up on the scene I think of it as being something almost like rescuing the kindness like the kindness of God being something that like rescues us Mm -hmm. and it is I mean we look at the whole story of the gospel and it is the kindness of God that rescues us but I think that there's something in the way that this is worded that paints that picture yes you know but then the kindness and love of God our savior appeared yes as you know this saving force and there's something so special about that but there's also something about that picture that shows kindness is not weak right it's not just niceness it's not any of these fringe things it is the thing it is there to rescue you well and exactly that the kindness of god here is not passive it's not neutered like Mm -hmm. it is the final word here and i i a couple other things i love about this passage that it's father spirit and son that it is the the kindness and the action of god as the triune god intervening in the midst of our wickedness to provide us hope. And it says here that his kindness, the result of it, is that we might become heirs, mm-hmm. co-heirs with Jesus, having the hope of eternal life. So it's not just kindness of like, oh, you know, I want to make everything right for you in this life and have a happy, wealthy, healthy life, right? But he has been kind to us in giving us an eternal hope that cannot be shaken. Like, it's yeah. just, it's beautiful. It's complete. It's final. I I love it. Yeah. There's something, I think there's something in that, the completeness of this passage, Mm -hmm. but the completeness in kindness that it is well-rounded and it's all-encompassing and it's complete. There's nothing we need outside of the kindness of the Lord. And I think that that is so special and the fact that we get to partake in that as believers Mm -hmm. and even extend an ounce of that complete kindness that we experience from the Lord is such a blessing. Um, and it's something to be pondered though. Like where, what is the completeness of the kindness I'm extending? Mm -hmm. Like, am I extending a complete kindness and whole expecting nothing in return? Like, am I, yeah. Is it selfless? Is it, you know, is it serving? Is it, you know, all of these things. 
or like we were saying at the beginning, is it prideful? Is mm-hmm. it rooted in something like that? And then it, therefore it's incomplete and right. not not useful for any good works right. <laughs> and all of that stuff. So I don't know. I think that's a good picture as well. Just like the, the picture of the completeness of kindness. Definitely. Uh, there's, you're really lacking nothing. Definitely. I also think we were talking about there being some uncomfortable examples of <laughs> kindness that, that the Lord has displayed. And I don't know that there's a more uncomfortable example of kindness than him sacrificing his son. Like, yeah. That's so uncomfortable and it does not seem kind. And it's like Abraham and Isaac, right? There's so many examples throughout scripture of like, this doesn't seem to make a lot of sense and this doesn't seem very loving and this, yeah. you know, this doesn't seem right. And yet God's kindness knew the cost and Ultimately, too, Jesus had a choice whether or not to obey his father. Like, he did. And he said, you know, if there's any other way, God, like, deliver me. Mm-hmm. I This is going to be hard, right? But yet, for the joy set before him, like, he he graciously accepted the cross. Like, he he chose to do that out of out of love and out of kindness. And, you know, I just think that's—we we often say, like, oh, God is— we hear people say all the time, like, God is this, like, wrathful, vengeful God, like, mm-hmm. you know, that he has this, like, contempt towards humanity yeah, and towards he never wickedness. Loved me. <laughs> right. But, like, if his love can even look like the sacrifice of his son, right, like, maybe, maybe we need to have a broader, like, scope of what his love looks like. Yeah. So another scripture that uses this same word for kindness in the New Testament is in Romans 2. And so we're going to read verses 1 through 4. You, therefore, have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the richness of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? Mm. And this is a verse we use a lot, right? That the kindness, that the love of God leads us to repentance. Uh, but we often ignore the context here mm-hmm. that this is a harsh rebuke towards having contempt and pride and passing judgment on on others, being harsh towards others, when our standard in how we view other people should be the kindness and forbearance and patience of God towards us. Yeah. And this is, again, a you know, really common thing in the New Testament, right? That if you don't forgive because you've first been forgiven, like you're then negating the forgiveness of God. You're in a bad spot, yeah. Yeah. That you don't actually understand forgiveness. You don't understand repentance if you're not willing to forgive other people. And that's an uncomfortable truth. Yeah, absolutely. So through, you know, these examples and lots of others, we can see that God's kindness is apparent throughout scripture. And even if the same word isn't used, there's, you know, words with similar meanings used of God's kindness. So his kindness moves him to compassion, extends grace towards his children, and it provides protection at different times. And so it can look lots of different ways in the scriptures. But I'm curious, Katie, are there any examples that stand out to you in scripture of God, the father or Jesus exhibiting kindness? Yeah. I mean, there's been a couple that have popped into my mind while we're talking, but one of them is the story of Jonah Mm -hmm. and how God that this is one of like 
God's kindness that you maybe have to like think for a second to know it's kindness. But, you know, God tells Jonah to go to Nineveh and he says, "Mm, no, I'm actually going to go completely in the opposite direction. I'm actually just going to run away and pretend that I'm not a prophet that's heard your voice a million times and just, you know, act like you can't see me. Yeah. He's like, that was a really interesting (laughs) suggestion. I'm actually not going to do any of that. But um, so he starts fleeing and God sends a giant fish to swallow him. And that seems like really God, like you just swallowed him (laughs) up via fish. Like that's a little bit much, but that is his kindness Mm -hmm. is saying, no, I'm not going to let you run from my will. And I'm not going to let you run from your responsibility as, as my prophet. And so I'm going to make it impossible for you to run. And that's kind. Yeah. And then later on, I think of towards the end of the story when uh, he has begrudgingly shared, (laughs) shared God with the, the Ninevites. I love this part. And God, he's like sitting on, I think it's like a hill. He like climbs up a hill to watch God smite them. Like he literally is like, all right, so they're not going to get it. And I'm going to sit up here and watch you burn them up. Meanwhile, they're all like getting radically saved and all (laughs) of this stuff. And he's throwing a tantrum. Yeah. He's throwing a tantrum and God like plants like this plant for him to like sit under. Gives him shade. And he's like, "Mm, I hate hate this. God is like, okay. Okay, (laughs) Um, But throughout the whole thing, God is showing his kindness, not only to Jonah by saying, no, you have to continue this because that's my plan, but also to the Ninevites and also, you know, just to his followers in general, because now here we are reading this story, however many years later, and Mm -hmm. it's, it still has all of its power and all of this stuff because of God's kindness towards Somebody who was so actively rebelling against him. Yeah. Um, and towards the whole people that seemed yeah. beyond beyond saving. Yeah. And so that that's one that popped into my mind. But I also think of like Mary Magdalene, who, you know, she's living this life of sin and she's also possessed by these demons. And yeah. Jesus sees her in the midst of that and doesn't say oh I'm so sorry like that's really rough you know yeah (laughs) yeah exactly he's not you know doing saying useless things he delivers her Mm -hmm. and then she becomes one of his followers you know she it looks like she probably traveled with him and his disciples and you know did a bunch of this stuff with them and so that's kind you know it's seeing somebody in their iniquity and not just saying like oh i see you like that's really hard thoughts and prayers you know mm-hmm. but stepping into it with them and in the case of jesus obviously delivering her and you know allowing her to to follow him is that's huge yeah a couple examples that i thought of one in particular was hagar and ishmael you know cuz Sarah had been disobedient and Abraham had been weak and they, you know, um, struggled to believe the promises of God towards them. And Abraham conceived Ishmael with Hagar. And then as soon as Sarah conceives Isaac, um, you know, they banish Hagar and Ishmael and they're sent into the desert with no provisions. And, you know, it seems pretty desperate (laughs) at that point, a single woman with a child just wandering through the Middle East, right? Like, how on earth are they going to survive? And God provided for them. Like God actually took care of them and promised Ishmael like a great inheritance and that he would, you know, establish a great nation. And even knowing that through Ishmael, that a nation was going to be raised about, that was going to be like 
the primary enemy of like yeah. his chosen people, God still had kindness and protected and provided for Hagar and Ishmael. Um, and I, just, I think that's like kind of incomprehensible yeah. a little bit, but also shows God's heart. Like God consistently throughout scripture, right? He says like he has that true religion, right? Is like widows and orphans. And mm-hmm. like he loves those who are on the outcasts. Like he loves those who um, are hard to love. And yeah. I just think that's a beautiful example. And there's so many examples with Jesus that it happens all through the New Testament that all through the gospels, you know, where Jesus has moved with compassion or, you know, like an example is with Lazarus, right? That Jesus, as he is, you know, hearing the pleas of of the sisters, like he is moved with compassion that, you know, I'm sure he intended to raise Lazarus from the dead. He intended for this miracle to happen, but he loved him also mm-hmm. and was moved with compassion for the for the weeping and the grieving of his sisters and decided to move on their behalf. And lots of other examples of, you know, the woman in the crowd that had been bleeding for all these years and she reaches out and touches his robe and Jesus is like, who just touched me, right? And the disciples are like, everyone? Like, yeah. everyone in this town is just touching you. Who isn't you. touching you? Yeah, everybody is touching you. And Jesus is aware of her situation and heals her, heals her for her faith and has great love towards her and kindness towards her. And so many examples of Jesus's miracles and the things that he did and the people that he called to follow him. And it just shows great kindness and great care and concern for the marginalized, the unseen, the downtrodden, right? That Jesus was always looking for those opportunities to love and to show kindness and to yeah. show the the love of God for those that the Jews had overlooked, right? That he yeah. came to say, like, I'm coming to flip this all on its head. I'm coming to show you the heart of the Father, the true religion that, like, you know, is the kingdom that my Father yeah. is bringing through me into this into this world. And I just think it's it's so beautiful. So there's lots of examples. We can't touch on all of them today, but the kindness of God is just, it's evident. It's a through line through the whole narrative of scripture. Yeah, so, it can't be separated. It, you know, it, no. it cannot be, you know, disentangled from the story of scripture. No, it can't. So what does spirit-given kindness look like in the lives of believers? And a verse that I think is a great one to start with here is Colossians 3, 12 through 15. And this is actually, there's kindness in this verse. It's a different word for kindness. But We're going to start in verse 12. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. So pretty funny, but here in this in this little short section of scripture, almost all of the fruits of the spirit are listed. Yeah. By the way. But this is this is kindness. This is what it looks like to live as God is intended with other believers and in the world. This is how we should look. This is just plain and simple. This is how we should look as believers. So yeah. there's a couple things in here that we can take and you know, from the original definition, right? Benignity, tender concern, uprightness, usefulness. And so the first one is tenderness. And tenderness towards other people, this is a heart thing. This isn't yeah. necessarily we can be gentle in how we behave towards other people, but that comes from a heart that is tender and soft. And I don't know about you, but this can be a hard one. This can be a hard one to operate in yeah. on a regular basis. And I think it's an easy one to 
overlook or forget or negate the importance of, <laughs> but it's, it's necessary to be yeah. truly kind. For me, I know that tenderness is, I feel like my first reaction is tenderness and then I quickly revoke it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'll like, I, I don't find it difficult to walk into a situation and operate out of tenderness initially and extend myself out of that. And then the second that things start to get weird with somebody, I can flip it on its head and that tenderness is gone. And I think that that is, I don't think it's true kindness because I started off with tenderness. And so now it's, you know, everything's perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that it takes seeing something through to the end (laughs) to truly be kindness but it cannot be separated from this, I think, of tenderness as being like the spark that ignites like the the complete kindness mm-hmm. um, because it is kind of that initial deep care and concern for your brothers and sisters mm-hmm. that would inspire further action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's being soft-hearted. Mm-hmm. It's being willing to not just help or extend yourself it's willing being willing to be compassionate and empathetic and to hurt with those who are hurting and to you know put yourself in someone else's shoes and to be just to be soft and um well assuming towards others and that goes into the next one which is actually benevolence which goes with benignity right Mm -hmm. but this is having like being well-meaning towards those around you and hoping for their good yeah which we're not very good at as believers. Like how wicked that yeah. the church can be somewhere where there is so much gossip and, you know, competitiveness or whatever. Inspiring. Right. <laughs> and, you know, this isn't to trash the church, but this should not be any part of how we function, right? Yeah. That our our intentions, our hope for others sh- out of kindness and out of what God calls us to and what God even is towards us should always be good, right? Like we should not wish for someone in a position we want to fall from it. We should Mm. not wish for, you know, I just hope that they mess this up and are seen for who they really are, like whatever those things are. We, this just shouldn't be part of our vocabulary. And that's not, you know, if someone's like in sin in a position that they shouldn't be called out for it. This is just saying like, if you don't like someone, (laughs) Having yeah. <laughs> intentions for their downfall or intentions for, you know, hoping for them to be ruined or found out or whatever, or just speaking slander about them. Like, this should not be any part of how we behave. Yeah. And unfortunately, it oftentimes is. So, another thing is generosity. And this is, you know, generosity in giving and extending yourself, but it's also just general self-sacrifice. That Mm -hmm. kindness is like we've talked about. And obviously through the example of God and Jesus, it is self-sacrificial and it is not just willing, but looking for opportunities to give of oneself for others and not just those that are easy to give for, right? Yeah, absolutely. Another one is usefulness, which I really liked I really like this one, that kindness that isn't useful, <laughs> isn't really kind, yeah. that the the kindness of God is productive mm-hmm. and the kindness that God asks of us towards other people 
is useful and productive and helpful and beneficial and upbuilding and all of those things, right? That, you know, let's say you are someone out of kindness, right? You are complimentary. That's actually another thing that came up a lot of encouragement and compliments and with your words, like showing kindness towards other people that can be useless. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. we can be encouraging in a way that is not helpful. Yeah. And we can also use our words in a way that is encouraging and life-giving and uplifting and spurs others towards right righteousness and, you know, encourages them and calls out what God has placed in them and all those things. Like it it doesn't need to just be like, oh my gosh, I love you so much. Yeah. You're so beautiful. You're so pretty. Thank you no, so you're much. Pretty. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you know, it's it's not wrong to do that, but flattery is kind of empty and pointless. Like yeah. there's just no, there's no eternal value to that. But saying like, you know what? I have like seen this growth in you. Mm-hmm. I'm so proud of you. It is so encouraging to me personally to watch you be obedient in a time that I know it's hard for you or whatever that is. Like yeah. being purposeful about the words that you say in a useful way. Or if someone is going through something or, you know, practical needs that you can meet for other people. Yeah. Genuinely being useful and looking for ways to meet needs and step in on behalf of someone or make their life easier, or bear their burden for them. Those are those are things that are truly kind, right? Yeah. Just to say like, you know, let's say someone is going through loss, right? There's nothing wrong. We've talked about grief mm-hmm. on here. There's nothing wrong with saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you're going through that. Thank you. Like that's helpful. Yeah. That's great. But what's really useful is for you to like look for and anticipate the needs of that person and not just continue talking because it makes you feel better and you don't know what else to say or, you know, assume what they need or whatever. Sometimes it's just saying like, here's these two options. I would love to help you. Is either of them helpful or neither? Like Mm -hmm. being genuinely useful and like anticipating what they need. Or if you have a friend that's going through something and you don't know how to help them, maybe in a way that's not gossipy, asking someone else for advice on, hey, someone that's been through something similar, Mm -hmm. like what could I do for this friend or how could I alleviate their burden or whatever it is. So I think another thing that's coming to my mind, right? We often are really willing to do these things for friends and acquaintances and like people in our lives, but what about your own family? Yeah. Like what about the people that you're closest to? (laughs) It's easy to kind of, weirdly, it's easy to ignore the needs of the people that you're closest to. And maybe just kindness is being deferential and purposeful to like look for ways to be useful in your own home, in your own family. Like, I don't know, just something that came to mind. Yeah, absolutely. And the last one that I had here is patience, which we just talked about. And so we don't need to, you know, beat this point into your heads. But kindness is, it is patience. It has, you know, we talked about forbearance, God's forbearance and his patience towards us. And, um, we need to have that towards each other. So a a final kind of point I want to make here is that the work of the spirit in our lives enables us to act rightly towards those we love and to do well towards them, but also to have tender and kind hearts towards our enemies. And I think it's easy to flip this, right? It's easy to be tenderhearted towards those that we're close to and to have good intentions and to not actually act <laughs> on their behalf. And it is really hard to be tenderhearted towards your enemies. So yeah. <laughs> the kindness that the spirit produces in us allows for, you know, there to be no hypocrisy, for there to be true kindness of heart and kindness of actions towards those we love and are close to you and towards those that hate us or our enemies or that we have a hard time with. Mm-hmm. So kind of wrap it up in a little bow there. But we have a few call to action things here if you want to, if you want to, 
ask us those questions, Katie. Yeah, absolutely. So our first question here is, are you exhibiting kindness in your heart and in your actions? Mm -hmm. Is there room in your daily schedule to allow opportunities for kindness towards others? I think this is an important one. That that is a big one. We're not, if we're not like active, like with all of these fruits of the spirit, right? That the spirit produces these things in us, but it requires response on our part, right? Like, a lot of times I think the way that the spirit does these things is he like stirs it up in us or he like gives us an opportunity or whatever. But if we're not like looking for yeah. reasons and opportunities to like act these things out in our life, it's easy to kind of ignore or grow numb to that voice or whatever yeah. it is. So are you just so busy that you cannot take the time to be kind? Are you so busy that you can't, you know, buy that person that's asking for money on the side of the street, a sandwich. Like, are you so busy that you can't, you know, truly be kind to those around you and stop and be inconvenienced in your day? Yeah. And then the last question is, is kindness something you ask God to increase in your life? This is a big one. God is so faithful to answer prayers, Mm -hmm. especially ones like this where it's, it's kingdom advancing. And you're, you're praying in accordance with his will. You're praying in accordance with scripture. It says like, whatever you ask for, that is, you know, in accordance to my will, like I'll give you. Well, I've seen this a super big time recently in life, you know, working in a new workplace and just going into every day. I've really been intentional to ask the Lord, like, Lord, well, first of all, give me grace for today. Mm -hmm. And that is something that he comes through and he answers. Mm -hmm. And then also, like, don't let me, you know, avoid opportunities or miss opportunities Mm -hmm. and put opportunities in front of me to, to, you know, extend kindness and, and that can be very hard word. i've heard some of your stories man and it it's, can be it's kind of scary sometimes <laughs> some of the opportunities that come up and i'm like oh but not this one yeah <laughs> um so but god is so faithful to answer these prayers and it's so sweet and it's so faith building it is when you pray for these things and god's like okay and now yes. all of a sudden your life is full of these opportunities to yes. share the Lord. And I think that there's something so, so sweet in that. Yeah. We do not have because we do not ask. Yeah. Like any of these things that he has promised us, that he has provided for, that he has, you know, guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> he is faithful to give. And a lot of times we're just not asking. Yeah. So that's our encouragement to you today. Let us let us be a, a church and a people that are kind, that are known by kindness and, you know, in word and in deed and in heart that we are truly kind and upbuilding and the kind of people that you want to be around. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I think it's as simple as that too, that not just for your own like building up, whatever, but like, are you somebody that's nice to be with? Yeah. Are you tolerable? Are you a good friend? At the bare minimum. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's simple and it's, it's complicated and it's beautiful and God is so gracious. So Uh, we are thankful for you guys. How, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I really yeah. do that you got to um, enjoy your families or that at the very least that you felt the the graciousness and the kindness of God towards you. And uh, we love you. We pray for you. We would love the chance to pray for you more specifically. If you have anything that you're going through, feel free to email us at thekatiespodcast at gmail.com or reach out to us on Instagram at thekatiespodcast. And, you know, we have updates and reels and all kinds of things on there that we like to stay in touch with you between episodes. So follow us on there. And, you know, we 
just can't say enough how much we love you guys. Yeah, we love you. And we will talk to you again soon. Yeah, talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.